1: Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo. The tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
3: This is the Dan Levator Show with the Stukats Podcast.
4: I am promising the audience, Dugatz, that I have rarely seen Roy and Mike so ebullient, no matter what it is that's happening in their life, because... What does that mean? uh, The Panthers are great, they're exciting, they have a lot of hope, and now Kachuk... Chucky looks like Chucky. He looks healthy. He looks stronger, I think, (laughs) at the beginning of the season. I'm going to ask him about this, and hockey players are funny about this because they won't actually tell you how hurt they are, and they got to be careful about the code and everything else, but the man was the best player, uh, blessed American in hockey, the greatest trade in the history of the Panthers last year, and then he goes through a total Obstacle course of insanity and at the end of last season against the Vegas Knights, all that functions on his body is his belly button. He's scoring (laughs) goals and in front of the net with only his belly button and everything else is broken. And then he starts this season without enough rest and he doesn't look right. Why? Because only his belly button worked and he had to take the whole offseason to get healthy and he still wasn't healthy. Matthew Kachuk, do I have anything wrong in what I'm saying? Because you look like yourself again. And what you went through last season seems unfair, unholy, insane. And you're not going to tell me how injured you were, are you? Because hockey players don't do that.
5: <laughs> no, there's no, no excuses. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm healthy enough to play. I got to be uh, no. out there doing my best, but, um, definitely different, uh, different type of off season with, uh, everything considering uh long season and dealing with an injury, but, uh, yeah, I was able to to get healthy right before the season and feel good and um, have been very happy with where our team's at right now and how everything is going so far.
3: Well, you only had five goals going into the new year, but once July 1st, uh, January 1st happened, 21 points since then, you've led all skaters. You weren't healthy, Kachuk. You
4: weren't healthy. You tried that already. No, no, I, mean, I know. But Well, you you did try that approach. So if it wasn't the the
6: health, because that's how many Panther fans were trying to explain um, the the production and also the ascension of Sam Reinhardt, who already was a good player, uh, having the year that he has is obviously going to eat into other people's numbers a little bit. So what was uh, the reason for why you're playing so much better right now if it's not health?
5: Well, I think that if you ask any hockey player – it's impossible to play at a hundred percent any game throughout the season. Like the way guys play and the pace of the game, the physicality, like it's nobody's at a hundred percent, any games. And if they are, they're probably lying to you. So um, I just think, you know, always at this time of the year, it's kind of like the dog days time in the NHL from that, you know, Christmas to, to bye week or that game, you know, 30 to 50 or whatever. And, Um, kind of that middle of the year, that awkward middle of the year part. But I've always felt throughout my career in the NHL, that's when I played my best is during like the hard dog days and the the tough times and just try to grind it out. And yeah, these these points are really important for us, just like they are at the beginning of the year, just like they are at the end of the year. So always got to be ready.
3: I want to talk about Wednesday's game against Arizona. Now, the first time you guys played the Coyotes, Jason Zucker had concussed Nick Cousins. Now, during pregame skate, you, Ryan Lomberg, uh, went up to Sinai Ice and you talked to Jason Sucker and a couple of the other guys, uh, and apparently you guys got it on. Off the opener face-off, one fight. Off the uh, second face-off, immediately, one fight. Now, I'm not going to ask you what you said to them because obviously that you got to leave that with the two, boys. Two
4: fights, two fights in seven seconds, and then he has three points pretty quickly.
3: I'll ask you. What'd you say to him?
4: <laughs> Thank
5: you. <laughs> No, they, uh, you guys don't want to hear that stuff. That's yes not we do. I love yes we do. It, uh, I'd love We it, Chucky. I'd love sure, it. I'm sure you guys would, but, um, it was, uh, at the end of the day, it's us sticking up for, for our teammate. And, um, that's what makes our team so special. And for the last year and a little bit has made me enjoy it so much is, is really just the closeness of the team. So when we see one of our teammates go down, like what happened in Arizona earlier this month, like. That did not sit well with anybody in the locker room, and we were really looking forward to yesterday's game for that reason. So, um, I think our team is a great mixture of great players, team toughness, um, just kind of a full package. And um, we had two guys really step up and and basically, I think, won the game for us right before the game even started. And Jonah and, and Lombie yesterday and set that tone those first two seconds of the game. So um, they were awesome. And like I said, we're just there to support each other. And we're such a close team. We used to happen to one person. It it doesn't sit well.
3: Did you guys go out to Palmer Reese and say, Hey, I want the fourth line starting tonight. Uh, no,
5: no, no, we would not have, we do not do that. They actually, the road team puts in their lineup first. So, um, they started whoever they started and then, uh, all decided to start who, who he started. So, so uh, they
6: started at Lomberg and you guys finished it. Uh, Lomberg's had incredible moments this season. And you can really, you guys went on a, a great run of form during that Vegas home game where Ryan had the one punch knockout. The, King and star. the yeah, guy who and injured the guy, Matthew. Yeah. And, and who also during the uh, the Stanley Cup finals had, quest- had questions about how tough the Florida Panthers were so that was an incredible message and it propelled you guys to this incredible run where it seems like you guys have really mastered this Paul Maurice style in the second year you guys are more comfortable it seems what is different though about this year's team as opposed to last
5: I think at the start of the year we had some key injuries with Bennett Ekblad and Montour so we really had to win like playing as simple as possible, winning that two, one, you know, grind type of game. And I think when we found that made it successful, like it did last year, like why get away from that game, even when everybody comes back. So um, we're playing a simple brand right now where, you know, we've obviously have guys that can put the puck in the net and some, some great offensive players, but we know that when we get our chances that, you know, they're going to go in, but we don't need to force it to get the chances. We don't need to play you know, give a chance to get a chance type of hockey. And, um, you know, Bob's been playing out of his mind this year. So is Stoli. So as long as we're playing hard in front of them, we trust that they're going to make, you know, all those key saves at the right time. And we know that when we get the chances and um, we're going to be able to put it in, but we don't need to be, you know, fishing for offense to, They give up on the defensive side.
4: Matthew, if I preface all of this by saying, look, you're not going to make any excuses. Hockey players do not talk about all the stuff they have to overcome to get onto the ice. But I am sort of forcing you, and you don't want to do it, to tell people how bad a shape your body was in trying to get out of bed during the Stanley Cup final because your body was totally broken. Except
1: the belly button except for your belly yeah, was button, on all cylinders.
4: How, how can you explain to people what the worst physical day feels like when you're like, I have to play, I'm going to play, even though I, I can tell by looking at you, you were just trying to give the rest of what your body had, and it had nothing left on the season. Can you please walk me through articulating that without doing the hockey stuff that hockey people do, which is like, we don't talk about that stuff.
5: Yeah. I mean, I guess the best way to put it or the easiest way to put it is you just prepare and like, obviously my preparation for the game after I got hurt, um, when I found out what the injury was, was so much different than every other game. Um, because my preparation was more, you know, don't really get yourself warmed up to play. It's literally like do whatever you can to make sure you can play. So, um, I was on the the treatment table at trainers, doctors, Kairos, you name it. Um, for about two hours before the game, after I got to the rink and, um, just to try to get me through, you know, a few minutes of playing. And, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a brutal feeling knowing that like, eventually at some point in the game, your body's probably going to give out, but you don't know if it's going to be first shift or halfway through the game or at the end of the game. And, um, I do, one thing I do remember with that game is, um, first period, you know, I'm trying to play smart, but you're obviously trying to win the game. And, um, I actually had some really good chances that would have most likely gone in if I had uh, a better body to play with that game. And it was just crazy. The puck was finding me at that point. And, um, you know, and then I think Paul made the executive decision where he knew that, uh, well, you know, once he realized that the body kind of gave out midway through that game, he's like, I'm going to save you for the end. So I didn't play like the whole third period. And then they threw me out there for the end of the game in the third and actually had some pretty good chances to try to tie it up. So, um, it's not the best feeling knowing that your body's going to give out at one point of that game, but at that point, I'm like, do whatever it can to, to get me through a few shifts because that could be the difference. So I was willing to do whatever it took.
4: One of the reasons that they love you so much in this city because it's obvious in your play how much you care. Can you articulate to my audience, our audience, how much you care? Like why you care like that beyond body's pain thresholds?
5: I just think that you know, you go through so much from the start of training camp to the end of seasons, each and every season. And, and you create the special bond with players, trainers, fans, um, just people in your organization. And I don't think people realize the hours that you put in each and every day. So as hockey players, naturally tough, you know, athletes will play through a lot of things, but when it gets down to it and your season's on the line and you're in the important games and, um, you know, you just, you think about, I think what got me through those games was how much sacrifice my teammates put in throughout the season and, and trainers and the hours. And, and I wasn't gonna, gonna go down without trying absolutely everything that I had left. And, um, yeah, I can definitely hold my head high knowing that I gave it everything I had last year and, um, obviously made, uh, made it a, a little bit tougher summer than I would have liked, uh, recovering, but yeah, I was lucky enough to, to feel good going into the season and, you know, it took a lot of time in and, and those last two months of the summer and training camp to, to get feeling good. And I was very happy that I was able to play uh, in that first game.
3: Sam Reinhardt and uh, Sergei Bobrovsky are going to Toronto next week for the All-Star game. Now, Barkov is healthy. Alexander Barkov is healthy during the fan boat. And I kind of find it ridiculous that there are six Canucks and five Maple Leafs in this game. It doesn't make any sense to me. So do you believe that Alexander Barkov should be in the All-Star game, the, the future Selkie Trophy winner here?
5: Uh, I mean, obviously I do. And not only do I think he should be there, I think that him along with uh, McKinnon are the two best players in the NHL this year. Along with along with McDavid and, and even Kucherov in there. So there's uh, that's a lot. You pick I
4: I, you pick one. I mean, uh, that fits them. a lot. Those guys are having guys there. incredible there. years. They're, they're, they're all. can't all be the best. One of them needs to be the best. They can't all be the best. He answered your
6: question, man. say. Let me help him out. Reinhardt's in there too.
5: Yeah, Reinhardt's definitely in there too, for sure. I mean, he's he's just got uh, the most amazing touch around the net and, and everything goes in. But I just think that Barky, with with every facet of the game that he hits, like it's crazy that I still don't think he gets the respect around the league that he should. I mean, he he just he plays against every team's best player and and seems to play great against them each and every night. So um if he was given the free reign to go out there and play offense like some of the rest of the guys in the league he'd be right up there with leading the league in offense every year but that's just not in his dna he's he's defensive minded as well and and hits it all so we're super lucky to have him he takes a lot of pressure off me and some of the other guys and allows us to play more offense so Um, But I think it's ridiculous that he's not going to the All-Star game to answer your question. I don't know how
4: one measures these things because everybody in hockey seems to be tough and have, you know, just be tougher than I am, every single person in hockey. But I'm assuming that Kachuk doesn't see toughness in every hockey team that he plays. The Panthers, uh, when when Mike's talking about Paul Maurice and his style, they went from finesse and high scoring to they're going to be grittier than you. So I ask you this question. Are Say four check, Dan. Just say it. Are there often times that you feel like this other team is not as tough
5: as we are? Every team has tough players, but I think as a team, like 1 through 20, um, we're – we have a tough mindset that is it's hard to play the style of play that we're doing each and every night. It is, there's very few teams that do it. I know Carolina um, is, is pretty good at it. Um, You have some of the top teams like, like Boston and Vegas that are really good at it. And I just think that it's once you can realize that that's the way you're going to be successful in playoffs, it isn't that hard to play it because that's where you want to have success. So um, we've really bought into it and I wouldn't say I look at other teams and say, you know, we're tougher than they are, but I think that we're more committed than, than a lot of teams in, in the way we play. Who's the toughest player in the league? Um, toughest player in the league, probably, uh, Oh gosh, I mean, I played with Lucic for a while there and there in Calgary, he's, uh, he's the toughest I've seen.
4: Matthew, congratulations on the success. It's nice to see you healthy again. It's not just nice to see you
6: healthy, it's to see a superstar entering the prime of his career know that he's locked in here he's fully embraced this weirdo hockey market and he got kids at Kendall Ice Arena chewing on their mouth guard the way that Matthew Kachuk is because they're idolizing him it's so exciting because not since the days of Pavel Bure has this franchise had someone that has this kind of star quality about them and I'm sure you see it when you're starting to go out there a little bit the sustained success of this franchise is building generations of fans so and you're a big part of that Matthew thank you so much for that
5: Oh no! I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, I'm not entering the prime just yet. Hopefully, you got a few years before hitting
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> you insulted him. <laughs> I insulted him by saying this is not even his prime. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, thank you, uh, Matthew. We didn't even ask you. I didn't know that you were high school. Uh, you, you were high school uh, teammates or friends with Jason Tatum. That's not something I was aware of. I didn't. Uh, did you see it back then? Did both of you look at each other and say, "Yeah, we'll dominate the pros." That's how that's going to go.
5: <laughs> um, I don't think I. Uh... I don't think it was as obvious with me because uh, I wasn't playing the hockey every day in gym class or whatever, but we played basketball a lot. And uh, it was pretty obvious that he was by far the best, not only in the school, but in the state. And um, then once we got to high school, I remember my freshman year going to a couple of their games and he just dominated and you, you knew it was coming and I'm um, very, uh, very humble, awesome kid. So um, he deserves it. I actually got to in playoffs last year. Um, when we played Boston in the first round, I uh, went to them when they played Atlanta, I think game one or two. Um, and it was funny. Then he came uh, to our game seven when we won in Boston. So I'm sure he was, uh, an, even though he was playing in Boston, sneaky uh, rooting for me. So it was really cool to see.
4: Thank you, sir. Uh, it's nice to see all the success again. Uh, congratulations on everything.
5: Yep. Thank you guys, as always, for having me. Appreciate it.
4: Little Rack King.
5: That's our guy. <laughs>
1: Stu out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using SimpliSafe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with SimpliSafe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. SimpliSafe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new SimpliSafe system with fast-protect Monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Don
4: Libertard. All of us who were watching college football elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very
1: much.
7: You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A
1: dizzy.
8: <laughs> Boom. Mm hmm. Stugatz. It's
9: <laughs> such a
7: lane for you. Just
4: everything in college football is awesome. Any single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't you
10: miss call. viewing sports through that, that yeah. prism, though? Yeah. Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could still be happy.
5: This is the Dan LeBatar Show with the Stugatz.
7: So we're back with another edition Of Gen CFB So I don't really know Because it's not an episode Because it's not standalone But I think Installment? Yes And if you're listening closely That was not Jessica No It's Charlotte It's Charlotte It's Charlotte Jess is off writing Brian Kelly to Michigan Rumors She's quite busy right now dealing with very important things so we brought in, Charlotte.
11: Yeah, she's lighting up the message boards, and I was like, you know what? You do what you got to do. I will step in and talk to the lovely Lucy about college football. Well, thank you both for I also, I, I just really want to confuse everybody by having two women with brown hair and glasses in the same, No, I mean, it's asking a lot of people, but I think I think they'll get through it.
12: This is a lot to process.
11: Right? Are, are you okay, not. Taylor? Can you tell us a part? What's my name?
12: I think I've got this one figured out. Lucy Charlotte. Okay,
7: good job. Good job. Great work. (laughs) I was not prepared for the transition there. Um, Okay, so we're off to a phenomenal start. Jim Harbaugh, we really didn't talk about it enough on the main show, leaving Michigan for the Chargers job. Wow. I mean, I think we all saw it coming, but like this is so cool for college football and for me because I don't want to have to play Jim Harbaugh anymore.
11: It's so fun. I also, when he hired Don Yee as his agent, who is Brady's agent, I was like, oh, this guy is serious about going to the NFL because as someone who covered the Patriots a lot when Brady was there, trying to get Don Yee's clients to talk to you is like trying to break into a safe in like oceans, whatever. Uh, I don't know what number we're on now. And so I was like, oh. He's one thousand percent going to the NFL, and then he did. Chargers, they got him. He was their quarterback for two
7: years. Yes, yeah. I I'm a little nervous. I'm assuming he's like looking at houses in San Diego. No clue where the Chargers play now. Um, my like take is that he's gonna li- he's gonna live in the the OC because he's like OC offensive coordinator. This right here, this is where I want to live. <laughs> Good take, right? That's it. The San Diego
11: take and then the OC take. We could just stop now. That's so true. Oh, my God. You know he's made that joke. You know he said that to every realtor. Like, well, you know, I know a thing or two about OCs. And they're like, there's one. It's the OC. There's one.
7: We're going to spend a lot of time today memorializing Jim Harbaugh's time at Michigan. Um, I'm. We didn't really talk about it enough of, like, what this means for college football specifically. Where. There were four teams in the college football playoff, and one of them is returning a head coach. One and it's Steve Sarkeesian. Out of all the four, I wouldn't have guessed him. That would not have been my my top choice. No, neither would I.
11: Who'd we lose? Sabin Harbaugh, Kalen DeBoer. De, well, but he but he's sort But he's he, he hops,
7: can't. but it's still different. It's still different. It's still different. And it's been wild to watch Alabama fans slowly just flip into delusion. It's actually been awesome for me personally, where they're like learning how college football works. And they're like, what is What is this about? I thought things were fair. Things have never been fair. Welcome to the other side.
11: Lizzie, that's how I felt being a Patriots fan my whole life. And then Tom Brady leaves and I was like, oh, being an NFL fan isn't fun. No. This isn't enjoyable, so Alabama fans, I unfortunately I can say that I, I feel your pain.
7: I had like my first real interaction with the grieving Alabama fan over the weekend. Caden Proctor, who was an offensive lineman there, transferred to Iowa, which is like, whoa. Wild step. He's from Iowa. He was homesick. It makes sense. But he was talking about how he wanted to go back to Iowa because of, you know, the way that Iowa handled the season and they didn't burn any bridges with him and that when he was playing really crappy the first, like, month of the season, Iowa reached out and was like, hey, you got it. You still do your thing. Like, we believe in you. Whatever. And Alabama fans were like, they're tampering. These, these cheaters are tampering and they're stealing our players. And what, what kind of world can we live in where people can just transfer wherever they want? <laughs>
11: it's a cruel one, it's Alabama. Cruel one. My question to you, Lucy, what that wasn't tampering? Was no. it? I mean, who when you say I will reach out, it's a nebulous like do we know who or how or what?
7: I believe it was the director of recruiting, which gives a little t- <laughs> feels a little tampery also. Little known fact: He is Kirk Ferentz's son-in-law. Uh, oh my God! Stop. Yeah, the nepotism it keeps on going. It keeps keeps going around. Um, I don't. It was just more of like a. Caden Proctor was not good his first month at Alabama, like to the point where Iowa fans were like, "Nah, I'm dodge that bullet. Welcome home now, buddy. Yeah. Don't worry about it." Aww. But he they, he said they just reached out and were like, "You're okay." It's been kind of widely known that this player was really homesick and just like wasn't really like vibing with being so far away from his family, which they live outside of Des Moines, and so now he's at Iowa. And it's not that that's, like, a really big giant news, but it's been awesome to watch the downfall. Ugh. Yeah, what just have like you seen? Sanity? What have you seen? How does this—where has this played out? It's all been on Twitter with just, like, the—people are like, you can—you mean people can leave for more money and they can go to schools <laughs> that are better? Like, that's never been done before. And you're like, Pesty, this is, like—it's Look, it's a very just, like, hey, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, Shorty. It's okay. Yeah. Like we're we're all here together. I feel
11: like looking in the mirror is a difficult thing for Alabama fans to do in general, and now, I mean, they didn't have to. They never had to. That's the thing. Yeah. Now they have to, and maybe they don't like what they're seeing.
7: No, this has been such a, like, a trying time for Alabama fans, and it's hilarious. Just like, they're like, you mean, you mean there are no regulations on this transfer portal (laughs) thing? And you're like, yeah, dude, it's been this way for a while, like... Like it, it honestly feels like a movie plot where they like woke up like ten years later and they're like, "What day is it?" Maybe the
11: <laughs> they paper. had amnesia. There. Do you know, you know this stupid thing that pops into my head is the Dr Pepper commercial where the guy's holding the guy's I'm hand so in the go. transfer per- portal and he's like, "I'm not going to let go of my Dr Pepper." That like Alabama fans are
7: just learning that, that like that's an Alabama yeah. fan, and it's so delightful. And they're going to drop to like. 10 wins next year. We're going to be like, you losers. You losers with 10 wins. 10.
11: Oh,
12: The, the my God. Alabama fans, it's very that, like, James Franco meme where he's, like, first time. Like, brother, we are losing yeah. players every <laughs> year in the
7: portal. We're losing we were to you. Our pets' heads are falling off. It's like, where do you think all those guys were coming from, Bama? They were coming from us. Oh. They were coming from us. Those corn-fed boys. So, yeah, Bama, down bad. But this is a perfect transition to an even more down bad team right now. Probably Michigan. Uh, I saw Harbaugh coming. I knew that he was going to leave. This Michigan team is not going to be nearly as good next year. They're losing all their talent. You won the national championship. It seemed like the perfect time for Jim Harbaugh to leave. Yes. Um, And so we have a nice little top five to remember our time with Jim, what he did at Michigan, which was beat Ohio State a bunch of times and then do some real weird stuff. So, you want to kick off our top five? Or I'll kick off our top five. Yeah, you start us off, Lizzie. I'm going to miss him. Eh, No, I'm not. All right, number five when his pants caught on fire during a game. I believe it was against Penn State where he stood too close to a heater on the sideline and burned a (laughs) hole in his pants and had no idea. He had no idea that his literal ass was on fire.
11: (laughs) How big was the hole? Do we know? It was pretty... It was, like, sizable. So did someone have to, like, slap his butt to get the fire out? I have questions, but...
7: I I don't really know how... I never saw, like, the actual, like, fire take place. I just saw photos of the the hole in his, like, the seared hole in his pants He just sat in a Gatorade cooler. It was, like, it was so cold it probably, like, immediately went out. <laughs> like, absolutely insane from Jim. Uh, iconic.
11: Another iconic moment, Lucy, uh, at number four, when Jim Harbaugh was shirtless at football camp with khakis on. <laughs> Now I, re- I I refresh my memory with these images before we started recording, and it, it it I don't really have the words for it because it's just you shouldn't be shirtless wearing khakis, and Jim Harbaugh probably shouldn't be shirtless at all, yeah.
7: and so it creates confusion in the mind. I would say I, it's like my pants or my brain is like his pants, seared with that image, like it's. I, I wish And a I belt, could, yeah. I oh god. <laughs> and he's the one photo of him like this. Oh. You can actually kind of see my stomach. So <laughs> not do that. Uh, yeah, t- I am excited for those to stop circulating every time that Michigan's got a big game or anything like that. Like that's yeah. a that's a positive of him going to the Chargers.
11: Yeah. All well, right. it'll probably circulate when the Chargers
7: yeah must, nah, lose in the past. Like, Sorry, continue. They've got like twelve fans. They're not going to know that picture exists. They're not going to find that's it. I think point. we're good. Number three, him. Going to attend a taping of Judge Judy. I have never seen anyone happier in my life than Jim Harbaugh just watching Judge Judy with his father there. That was like the most—he did not have nearly that level of joy winning the national championship. No.
11: I didn't know this one. I didn't know this one. And the the image of him— he
7: just went? He was just, like, in the audience at a Judge Judy taping? He's like a Judge Ju- Judy super fan. Like, that, that's his thats his gal. Feels we right. could say that Judge Judy is his Roman Empire for our Gen Z listeners out there, all four of us.
12: There's a tweet from March 3rd, 2015, from Coach Harbaugh. Big congrats to Judge Judy on signing her contract extension through 2020 <laughs> from a devout fan.
7: She deserves it. <gasps> He deserves it. Thank you for your. Oh content, my God, he's go, he's going to L.A. He can go to more
11: tapings. Maybe that's why. This Maybe all that's why makes sense. He was like, "I will only go to Los Angeles." I need my girl Judy. Judy's going to be the defensive coordinator. Chargers. <laughs> Get it?
7: I got. Judge. It. I got it. That was good. The defense
11: good. rest. Okay. Uh, number two on this list is uh, Jim Harbaugh. Sleepovers with recruits. He climbed a tree with a recruit. He washed dishes with recruits. The sleepover one I remember the most. I was like, mm, I don't know. Something
7: about that not right. Something about that. I was like, oh. All there, right. There's recruiting and then there's sleeping in the, yeah. yeah, it was a weird time. And he was like, so like, yeah. Whatever. I wonder if the same recruits he took to that that Breakfast place and ordered a hamburger and they got all those NCAA violations. Oh
12: yeah. There was also, I'm said
7: that I didn't make the list. I forgot too. about that.
12: There was also a clarification with the climbed a tree with a recruit. Oh. Somebody asked him about it. He was like, there was a ball stuck up there, so I had to go get it.
11: Oh, classic. Yeah. Call the fire department, Jim.
7: All right, number one. Jim Harbaugh's many one-liners. And we have a separate top five. From that, Charlotte, do you have any guesses of what is going to be on that list? Um, I, I feel like
11: if there isn't something about milk, I'll be shocked. It's
7: got to be something about milk.
11: There's definitely something about milk.
7: It didn't make the list, but something that's very interesting. Harbaugh was—he was like really into spreadsheets. I remember him being like, "I only like type stuff out on like Excel. Like I'm not going right. to use a Word doc. I'm just going to." You know, go on Excel.
11: When I was single, I used to ask guys who were annoying at bars what their favorite Excel function was. If they were wearing, like, a finance vest, they just lit up. Never seen men so excited in my life. And they'd be like, oh, I love a pivot table. And they'd be like, what's yours? And I'm like, I don't know how to use Excel.
7: (laughs) So So shout out to Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) All right. When we come back, top five Harbaugh one-liners. Talk about a tease there. Wow, did I set that up really nice? I'm on the edge of my seat. They teach you that at the University of Iowa Journalism <laughs> School. Let me tell you that. So, Charlotte, yes, those are top five Jim Harbaugh one-liners.
11: Woo! All right, we're starting with an OLI. Uh, and this, um, to quote the great Mister Harbaugh, I don't know why I said it like that. I don't take vacations. I don't get sick. I don't observe major holidays. I'm a jackhammer. Oh,
7: I. Uh, oh. Does his suspensions count as vacations?
11: No, because he was probably, like, in that tree that he climbed with the recruit watching
7: over <laughs> the roof of the big house. He's, like, st- he's standing on top of the hospital being, like. <laughs> I just did binocular glasses. I'm sorry to the audio listeners. Okay. Our next OLI. I don't know if this is going as well as I want it to go. Um, okay. It's going great, Lucy. Are you kidding me? Thank you. are crushing it. Do you to hear that. All right. Next OLI. Jim Harbaugh said, I can work out in my khakis, and I do. They're similar to sweatpants. I don't want to take his side here. No. But
11: they are like cotton in their pants. Sorry, no, I can't.
7: No, no, they're not similar at all. Sweatpants don't have buttons. Also, khakis don't stretch. You ever try to, like, squat wearing khakis? (laughs) Well, maybe he's like, I, I see like jean sweatpants on the TikTok shop all the time. Oh, yeah, same. Um, they're hideous, but maybe that's like the brand he's doing. Taylor thinks it's Lululemon.
11: The the khakis he's wearing, definitely. The one does the stretch. But there's no sure. way he knows what I'm Lululemon in is. I'm not
7: my head for the audio. Yeah.
11: I don't think he knows that they're Lululemon, but I think someone who bought them for him knows they're Lululemon. Absolutely. Maybe they're also, they have flame retardants on them, so they won't. Catch fire. <laughs> Catch fire. Uh, okay, the next one, number five. Woo! Number five is we fence.
7: <laughs> we don't play defense. We play we fence. Yeah. Not an offense. Not a defense. A we fence. And then he left. <laughs> he left. How was it? To take a different job. So thanks, Jimbo. <laughs> All right, number four was <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Saying that the chicken is a nervous bird. Jim Harbaugh was very much afraid of chicken. He thought if you ate chicken, it would like make you anxious because it was a nervous bird. He has since come around and said it's not and that he has learned that chicken is good for you and it's delicious. And that you can eat it.
11: So the one thing he's not wrong about is I I feel like chickens are nervous birds. That does not translate to you being nervous if you eat chicken. Although I do eat chicken and I'm often nervous. So maybe he was onto something. Number three, Jim Harbaugh. Anytime he talked about how much he loves milk, I was right. This is on this list. The best one was whole milk, not the candy ass
7: 2%. Which...
11: I 100% agree with.
7: I'm a skim milk milk girly, but maybe that's... Well, I like oat or almond, but I know that Jim would be like, he is going to hate L.A. He's going (gasps) to hate all the oat milk. He's going to hate all the almond milk. That is not going to work for him. Wait till he figures out they have hemp milk. Oh, my God. Pistachio milk, macadamia milk. Oh, my God. He's going to flip. He is not going to be okay. It seems odd that he's like, yeah, I'll I'll definitely drink this cow milk, but I won't even touch a chicken. All right. (laughs) It's cool. It's, it's very chill. All right. Number two, Jim Harbaugh's quote, if worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. I don't know the context.
12: The context was he was talking about like he doesn't deal with hypotheticals. Somebody asked him like, uh, if something happens, what do you think? And he was like, he dropped that bar. And I can't believe when you read this quote, your first thought is like, I'm happy this man is leaving our sport. Like yeah. we, we need more Jim Harbaugh's.
11: We need the content that comes from Jim Harbaugh. And Taylor, he is still going to be in the sports world. So it won't be as weird. College football is obviously the weirdest. So he might not. No, he's still going to be weird. There's no making Jim Harbaugh not weird.
7: I think it'll be worth it if Michigan beats Ohio State this year, despite losing everyone and losing their head coach. And I'm holding out hope for that. I think that will make Jim Harbaugh's exit worth it. Also, he beats the crap out of my team every time. I play. <laughs>
11: That's a qualifier that I don't
7: have. Yeah, yet. he does that. This he's
11: ready for him to be. Although gone. this is
7: a side note, um, he could not win in Iowa City for a bit. He finally won. He got hit by a mail truck there when he was a kid, and was just like, "Yep, it happens." And then he met the mail truck driver that hit him, and they took a picture together
11: later in life. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Wild, right? Could have we could have been robbed by. Never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> Number one, the locker room is like your mom's bathing suit. You want it to be in one piece. Er, bad one, Jim. Your mom should wear whatever bathing suit she wants. Feminism. Welcome to Gen CFB with two women. <laughs> yeah. Although, you do want your locker room to be in one piece, I guess.
7: Yeah, that's fair enough. And that was like his last real weird one. That's so weird. It was really odd, but, like, I, w- I know he's thinking about these things ahead of time. I know he's writing them down. I know he's typing it up in a little Excel sheet. <laughs> and I will miss, like, the the Jim Harbaugh-isms at Michigan, but well, we're still going to get them in the NFL. Yeah. And Iowa's got a shot now. Not really. But- well, all right. <laughs> That's everything's fine. <clears throat> so, some sad news in the college football world this week. Ugga 10, I believe, yeah. X, passed away. This was the famous Ugga that almost got killed by Bevo mm-hmm. at the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's tough. He was my close personal friend, Lucy. I got to go to his house. I got to
11: see where Uga lives. I got to see his wardrobe. He has a closet full of little dog clothes. I got to interview him. I interviewed the dog himself. Uh, the Siler family has been raising these dogs since the beginning, I think. Um, also, fun fact, I, I also met Bevo, and the one thing that the— uh, People, at UT say is like don't ask about the Ugga thing. Whoa! So yeah, so it's that. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that out loud, but it was years ago. Is there something there? Maybe. Anyway, I'm really. He was such a good dog. He was so patient in his little hut with his little air conditioning unit. I'm really gonna miss him.
7: He is the winningest mascot in Georgia football history. Um, he is ninety. He was ninety-one and eighteen. Two SEC titles. Um, one national championship, seven New Year six bowl appearances. He was the heart and soul of that Georgia team. That's crazy. He did more for Georgia than Stetson Bennett. I Seriously? feel pretty confident in saying that. All four of them too. All four Stetson Bennett <laughs> <he> didn't. <more laughs> I always that. forget he's a fourth. Well, I'll go as a tenth. You yeah, know, well this one, so that's more special. It feels like a Georgia
11: thing, like a very SEC. Yeah, you have you to know, have
7: you have to be named after somebody who's named after somebody who's named after somebody. Yeah. I know the new Uga. Now we went to a few Georgia games this year. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I don't want to say on a tight leash because that sounds you know kind of cliche. Well, it but is a dog. <laughs> not. They didn't really have. Like, we went to the world's largest out there cocktail party. was not really there. Didn't really see Ugga. They only brought him out for a little bit. It was also crazy hot that day. Yeah. Um, didn't really see him at the SEC championship either. So I'm hoping that this new Ugga can keep making the impact, keep their tradition going. Um, it's a
11: big legacy to live up. Big to. pause to fill. I think they're easing him into it. Um, but now
2: now he's got to take over the mantle. The Dan Hard Show with Sugats is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Keeping things bottled up can feel like carrying a weight that gets heavier with time. Whether it's talking to a trusted friend, journaling, or seeking professional help, finding ways to let out your thoughts and feelings can bring relief and help you navigate challenges more effectively. Remember, it's okay to reach out for help when you need it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com D-L-B today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot D-L-B.
6: Don LeBetard.
1: I actually thought you looked kind of yeah. good. Stugats. Thank you. I have the beards grown out a little bit. I got a little life in my face, I feel like. A little tan, Colorado, San Francisco. I had a great time. You got life on your face.
9: <laughs> you've got <laughs> death on your face. I think you've got
6: 40 to life on your face.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Don LeBetard Show with the Stugatz.
10: All right, we talked about the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, which I think everyone would agree with the big matchups of the divisional round. Uh, the Ravens are also moving on with the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. They beat the Texans pretty handily. C.J. Stroud had a great year, probably one of the better rookie quarterback years we've ever seen. And he went against the Ravens, and he did not look the same. Joe, uh, what, were your, what were your takeaways from that game?
9: Well, I think when you're a rookie in the NFL playoffs, you're going to look good at times, but experience always seems to shine through. And that's what happened, right? When you start getting these looks that you haven't seen during the season, people are just trying to take one little defense that they saw work against you in the regular Mm -hmm. season from each game and they're just going to throw it all at you. You're going to get the spam folder overflowing with defenses that you've had a hard time with or defenses that you haven't seen or maybe look like something you already saw and it's a change at the last minute. And I think that's what happens. All it takes in the playoffs is a split second for that quarterback to hold on to the football or make the wrong decision, and it changes the course of the game.
10: Bruce, what has been the biggest difference in Lamar's game this year? Let's go to grad school mid-conversation. What's <laughs> been the biggest <laughs> difference?
8: uh man. I mean, it, you know, what are you going to do against the guy? Are you going to blitz him? They got answers for that. You're going to play him in zone. He's just going to shred you. He'll find an open receiver. So it's been it's been super impressive what he has done, uh, and, and just. The thing about Lamar, though, we see the the abilities he has on the field, but I've always loved the intangible side of what he brings as a leader to that team. And I've seen it since day one and the trust Harbaugh has within him mm-hmm. years ago going on fourth downs and they continue to do that and play aggressive. He just I, – I don't know how you defend him when you match up against that football team. And then when I – you know, what was most impressive, though, with the Ravens Is how they played Stroud because I've been impressed with Stroud all season, but to just really hold them to, you know, 10 points was insane in that matchup. So you look at Baltimore as just being a total package, but Lamar Jackson, man, it's just hard for me to go against that guy. I agree. I think uh,
10: defensively, the Ravens are the toughest defensive ball club left. So I'm curious to also see how Mahomes goes against him. When you're going and looking at that matchup, Bruce, real quick, and I should I'll give you a proper introduction. Bruce Grakowski in the building, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He's a friend of the show, basically a part of the Tomahawk. Flock. Uh, he's also an offensive coordinator in the now UFL, formerly the XFL, before the XFL and USFL merger for spring football. You can catch that on ESPN and Fox, little plug there. Bruce is the offensive coordinator for the St. Louis Battle Hawks, and he is joining a show. With the offensive line coach from the Munich Ravens, Joe Thomas in Munich right now. And we should put a poll up on social media. Which game do you think I'll get to first? Munich Raven game to support Joe, a St. Louis battlehawk game to support Bruce, or uh, none of the above. We'll put that on the, <laughs> put or that on the poll. When the freeze over. <laughs> and we'll see, uh we'll see what the fans think that Hawk is gonna do. Uh, Chiefs-Ravens, let's get into that matchup.
9: I like the Ravens in this matchup. I think Patrick Mahomes has continually put the team on his back this season, and he's been able to do that throughout the playoffs. But right now, he's going against probably the best offense and the best defense in the NFL. Mm. In the playoffs, they're as hot as they've been all season long. And like Bruce said, like with Lamar— there's no good defense against them right now. For a while, they were saying, okay, we're going to drop eight, we're going to drop seven, we're going to put our dime package on the field so we got a bunch of fast guys with our eyes on him. But it's not working anymore because Todd Monk the offensive coordinator who came in this season has done a great job. Lamar is extremely coachable, and he understands, like, All right, if a team's going to dodge, I can dip. If a team's going to weave, I'm going to throw a wrench at their face and I'm going to run for a 100 mm. yards because that's the type Wrenches. of quarterback and the type of a player that he is right now. He's so good with his decision-making. He's so fast with his decisions. And then when he gets in the open field, it's op- it's over because his ability to make tacklers miss in the pocket and an open field is next level. And he's on the same page with his receivers right now, which is something Man. that he always wasn't earlier on in, in his career, right? Yeah. It was always Mark Andrews. It was like, When shit happens, I'm going to find Mark Andrews, and boom, we're good. But obviously teams start figuring that out. But now he's got the receiving core and an offense that's built for success down the field, intermediate, and then he can hit the short stuff or he can take off with the football. He's indefensible right now.
10: He's been playing at a different level. He's going to win another MVP. Um, if you can
13: catch a ball, you can catch a wrench.
10: And if you that's can right, catch a damn ball, you can catch a wrench. What you got winning, Juju Chiefs or the Ravens?
13: I got the Ravens, man. That defense just looked too crazy, man. Like, they, they down Marlon Humphrey. They down mm-hmm. uh, like pieces and still don't miss a beat. And so I think that they instill so much confidence in their offense that that's the late game boost you always need. That's the third quarter come out. Motivation you always need is going to be sparked by one or the other side. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I'm
10: not mad at that. And that is, people don't talk about that enough. The amount of injuries the Ravens have had this year, they always have injuries, but they've had a lot this year, significant injuries, and they have not missed a beat. They lost two running backs. They lost Mark Andrews, Marlon. These are like top level pro pieces, Pro Bowlers <laughs> right. in their offense. And they're just next man up. All right, you get the final word, Bruce. Who wins?
8: uh Ravens. Uh you know, you got two great he- head coaches going at it though. So it's going to be such a great showdown. You know, Patrick Mahomes, we talk about his hard He's trying against. to get
10: a job, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not going to go too hard to one side. He's going to show love to the coaches. Like, if, if you're looking for a quarterback coach, I mean I you would know, I would take the call. But uh <laughs> I mean, I really think I could help both teams, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that. We're going to campaign on the Tomahawk show. We're going to get Bruce Grakowski, an NFL coaching job, on this show. We've done it before, Bruce. Mike McDaniel, he's a product of the Tomahawk Show. There would be no Mike McDaniel if it wasn't for this podcast, and I stand on that. So don't worry, Bruce. You're next in line. If you're listening, the coaches that listen to this podcast, and I know all of them do, John Harbaugh is sitting right now getting caught up on the Tomahawk Show before he heads out to practice. John, don't miss this boat, brother. You want, you want to see Lamar take it to the next level? I got somebody in mind for you.
8: I was gonna say, you think Lamar is he's gonna win an MVP this year? They're in the AFC championship game, but Greg Kowski can <laughs> <laughs> wait till wait
10: till Bruce gets in that motherfucker and see where he could take Lamar. He might, he might make an NBA All-Star game. That's those are the accolades
8: we're going for. Shit we never seen before. Who wins the game, Bruce? I'm going Ravens. I'm going. That defense, okay. man, is too tough. But I'll tell you what. Have you guys talked about with the ref Sean Smith that got put on this game? No. Uh, so the ref they put on this game because you know they're saying we can't leave, leave out all the Swifties. So they're like they're doing everything they can to help Kansas City out. And Sean Smith is he covers, when, when he's when he covers a game. The home teams are only 17 and 29 in the last three years when this guy refs a game. Oh, shit. <laughs> and right. they're saying they're helping the Swifties out because they need to get Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. But i I'm thought you about to say,
13: I thought you were about to say the referee was caught at the Taylor Swift concert, last <laughs> concert with a T-shirt on that <laughs> said, I love Taylor Swift. And he going to be refereeing
10: the game. Basically. <laughs> I mean, look, be, it doesn't matter, though, because Martin Luther King was at the last Ravens game. He so. sure was. You know, I think I think Martin Luther King understands what Lamar Jackson um, winning means to his I I have a dream speech. So we got we got forces on both sides is what I'm saying, Bruce. Question for you guys. What is the best story left in the NFL playoffs? We haven't talked the Niners yet. We'll make it. We'll make it quick. Niners beat the, the Packers. Jordan Love looked good except one play. Um, the Lions beat the Bucks. Baker Mayfield had a couple Baker Mayfield moments, but overall he played decent and he played a great year. So shout out to him. That's a great story. Jordan Love was a great story. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, seems like a great story. What is the greatest story in the, in the playoffs right now in the NFL?
8: There are so many cool storylines coming into the playoffs. Like I was happy for Mayfield, how well he played, but how they finished down the stretch. I was happy for Goff, you know, facing his former team. Um, you know, Brock Purdy, you talking about mystery relevance. So, so many cool storylines within the playoffs. And then now you get to this game, a game before the Super Bowl. Um, I, I just can't help but overlook the Lions. Like, what they have done. Like, Dan, Dan Campbell. Um, I, I just love what they're doing in Detroit. And to think the Lions, we're talking about the Lions, are in the NFC Championship game. That's and, crazy. And, you know, so to me, I think that's really cool. And it's, it's going to be a good matchup. Um, but, but I think it's cool for not only Dan Campbell, Detroit, and all that, but you think of Jared Goff, what he's been through. Yes, he was the number one overall pick, but he, he got pushed out the door for peanuts, you know? And, yep. and now look what he's doing. And he's back in a, a championship game, which is pretty cool to see.
10: That is a really dope story. Joe, what's your favorite story?
8: I
9: love the Lions, man. Lions fans Lions. and Browns fans, the Lions votes are like, just two lovable brothers, cousins. <laughs> yeah. We're like me and Hawk on Ibiza right <laughs> now. Like we're having a great time. We're cheering for each other. Life is gold and life is grand. Even though the Browns got eliminated, because we're close to your geographically, like both from the Rust Belt. But the idea that Dan Campbell, this like. Rough, scruff, biting kneecaps, head coach, who's got like this lovable side to him. Mm-hmm. He is so easy to cheer for because he's, he can, he's like the old school tough mentality of the NFL, but he's got this new approach that he's got empathy and he shows his emotions and he loves yep. his players and he demands a lot out of them. Like, He's exactly the type of coach that the NFL needs right now and that an mm-hmm. NFL team would love to have. And it's the same thing that people talked about why Belichick was not able to win once Brady left, right? Because he hasn't yep. been able to kind of transition a side of him into being that empathetic force, Player. that yep. person that you can cheer for, that it loves his players, that's hard on him, but he'll put his arm around you. And I think with him and Goff, they've got an entire staff, an entire team, an entire city. That everybody really wants to see have a lot of success and win that Super Bowl and bring this franchise that's never been to a Super Bowl and never won a Super Bowl to the highest peak. And you got two teams in the AFC that I think everybody wants them both to lose. And then you got two (laughs) NFC teams, in my opinion, especially with our love for Kyle Shanahan drink, that you're like, hey, man, this is awesome to be able to watch these guys hopefully, uh, you know. They both get to play in the Super Bowl. And, you know, uh, some weird Roger Goodell rules allows it to (laughs) to be an NFC versus NFC Super Bowl. We're just going to move them both to the Super Bowl, More exciting anyways. And we'll let Taylor Swift dump Travis Kelsey and start dating Brock Purdy. (laughs) And then everyone will be really happy.
10: Everyone will be so excited about it. I will say my son, the biggest Browns fan I know, and that is a fact, he does not want the Lions to win. He doesn't want them to come up before the Browns come up. Mm -hmm. And he is... He is adamant about that. Like, of all the teams left, that's the team he least wants to win, is the Detroit Lions, for that reason. He doesn't want them to have the storyline that the Browns deserve. He said he wants that storyline. So, Juju, what is your favorite story left in the (laughs) NFL playoffs?
13: I cannot overlook Jared Goff and what that... It's Dang, lions again. Three lions, votes. No, 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 It's okay. Estimated the mental health that's required to go through that, bro. They said you weren't good enough, so go to Detroit. Like some brothers never make it out of that hole, bro. He could have his performance could have taken a dip, he could have mm-hmm. given up on himself, just been a just a less positive person all around. And he persevered through that, of course. Kneecap, Dan Campbell, come on, man. But my the best story to me is. Brother, the Atlanta Falcons sent out a tweet. They tweeted this with their own damn. What fingers. is the best story? In this? We are not <laughs> Championship weekend is the Atlanta Falcons. In, yes, exactly. We are we are not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. We heard the mm. we heard all these teams say we are not interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson. We saw how, we heard this, he don't deserve the money. He don't deserve the check he getting. We've never seen. We've rarely seen a guy get the money and win. Yeah, guy gets the money and gets an injury or, or takes a dip or doesn't come up, Lamar has a Man. chance to... And he's the hood hero on top of this. No matter <laughs> what team you root for, if you are from the hood in the United States of America, you, the Ravens, are your third that's, or fourth team because you always mess with Lamar. The whole is hood of Lamar, that's the story. OBJ Redemption, come on, brother, the hardbrows. Can they actually go from brother to brother win a national championship and the Super Bowl? crazy yeah. <laughs> Who has it Who? now? Who has <laughs> it better than them? No damn body.
10: Man, we gotta put <laughs> music all <laughs> behind that because that is. I'm with you, Judy. You flipped me. I was gonna say the Lions, and you're right. My favorite story is Lamar Jackson. Here and here's why. This is what we'll end on because I think we're way past our time in this in this block. But the Harbaugh's incredible story. Um, OBJ Redemption. Could you imagine if OBJ wins another Super Bowl (laughs) after like all the conversation around OBJ? That's crazy. But Lamar Jackson specifically, Lamar Jackson is my favorite player in the NFL. He might be my favorite player ever. Um, I've been around Lamar Jackson. I don't think there is a more humble superstar. Joe is the humblest. He was always the humblest in my book. And then I met Lamar and I'm like, well, I didn't know it can get more humble (laughs) than Joe Hayden Thomas. But Lamar Jackson is that if you look at every interview who's ever done, he says the right things. When they lose, he takes all the blame. When he wins, he gives all of his players and his coaches the, the, the praise. To your point, Juju, it is typical. And that was the reason why they held off paying him. They, oh, we don't know if he's a long-term answer. We don't know if once he gets paid, he's going to flip the script. And all he's done is get paid and gotten better. And even beyond that, and here's my favorite part. Yes, they tried to move him to receiver. Yes, they tried to move him to running back. Yes, everyone's like, Oh, he can't be a passer. He can't go deep in the playoffs. He can't win a Super Bowl. More than that, every media outlet. And I was on ESPN five years ago before he even came out. He needs an agent. He can't do this without an agent. He's not smart enough. There's too many nuances to this business that he can't handle. And it was for six years. That was the problem. He didn't have an agent. That's why he's not combating some of these things. That's why he can't get a contract. That's why they won't want to do business with him. He doesn't communicate. Lamar Jackson. And since Lamar Jackson has signed his contract, Justin Herbert has signed a contract. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow has signed a contract. Patrick H- Mahomes has signed a contract. And do you know none of those contracts are as big as Lamar Jackson? And ever since he signed his deal, nobody says anything about him wanting an agent. But nobody goes back and says, oh, he to this day, him and his, his mom, who was his manager, have negotiated the best contract in NFL history to this day. And no one has gone back and said, does that make him the best agent in NFL history? If he has still negotiated the best contract on a per money year basis? That is an incredible story, and you're right. If Lamar wins, my my son hates the fact that I root for Lamar because he is a Browns fan. That is a fact. He loves Lamar, too, but he's like, yo, Dad, you're you're a little too excited to see him do well. Uh, But it is my favorite story left in the playoffs. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk NFC, and we'll get into some pretty uh, spicy headlines from some former teammates and coaches of a few of us on this pod. We won't make Bruce get in it, but we'll explain later. (laughs)
0: Trace for yourself with 25%
13: off at ritual.com
7: slash podcast.
6: Don Lebertard.
13: Teammates can't shoot from three. Now they're gonna see a different Jimmy. Now he's just, just playing. Nickel back in the locker room and... Stugatz. They'll play D and show threes as they chase the Nets for the six seed. These five words in his head. Scream my way winning games? Yeah.
3: This is the Dan Lebatar Show
5: with the Stugats.
14: Okay, this is a taste of Pablo Torre finds out. The full thing with Katie Nolan and Dan Soder, the third episode in our Celebrity Jeopardy trilogy with this power couple, my friends, um, is over there. But for now, enjoy this.
0: <laughs> I, found out, I, I don't know if it'll translate on audio I
14: found out this what, morning. what's Dan happening? There's a
0: laser sound that is so convincing. Can you just lean I'm going to close my eyes. Ready? Yeah. Okay. It's the It's, it's the, the reverb. Depth. It's the reverb. Do it get a little closer and do it one more time. How do you do that? I I don't want to know. I told him not to show the magic.
15: It's like throat
0: singing.
15: Laser all day, dude.
0: And then you want to back up a little and do your machine gun.
15: Jesus, let me go, dude. White Michael Winslow. Come get some. (laughs) Come get some. The voice, the voice for metalist never left me.
0: You've never done Sam.
15: Sam Elliott? Yeah. Oh, God. That's well, there's a time and there's a place. Sometimes there's a time and a place. If you're ever up in the hills of Colorado and your dad has left, well, there's time. Time to learn voices.
0: Rodney Dangerfield.
15: Rodney's my favorite. Yeah. Gotta find more stuff to do as woke Rodney. (laughs) Wait, what is is woke Rodney? Like, I'm telling you, you don't get any respect, women of color. (laughs) Far too long, they haven't been getting women of color. I'm telling you, if gender's fluid, then I'm in love with a puddle. (laughs) 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 Of course black lives matter. I'll tell you what doesn't matter, all lives. I got an ex-wife, I got a doctor, Dr. Vinnie (laughs) Boombox. Yeah. Where's the other one that we we oh, it was like we would do uh right wing Bruce Springsteen? Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, you know, there's a lot of immigrants taking jobs out here. <laughs> He's like, no, Bruce, whoa, Bruce. Bruce. Hey, whoa. Brucey Bruce. Hey, <laughs> my daddy used to work at the factory, and then a Guatemalan man took that <laughs> away from me. <laughs> He's like, Whoa, time out, time out, Bruce. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you. Citizens United, it ruined democracy. All right, there's all the voices. Thanks for letting me get my voices out. (laughs) You you got to de-venom me like a snake.
14: (laughs) (laughs) There were other topics that I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Mm. Um, Topics that would have just set up Dan Soder to do various wrestling voices. That's my whole life, baby.
15: Um, I was hoping you would.
0: I'm going to ruin it. (laughs) Just talk about my thing. Sorry, honey. I love it. Sorry, honey. I'm,
15: I'm your Miss Elizabeth today. Oh. Wow. That that hits different, Doesn't it? Does now. <laughs> now, pick, now pick me up
14: on your shoulder. No Katie has to do her macho man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's All a, right. That's, All gonna,
0: right.
15: that's, right. that's like if he, he is horse.
0: <laughs> Every impression I do is an impression of Dan's impression. I love it. Yeah, uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah.
15: yeah, there it is. There it is.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a limited fake. <laughs>
14: <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Jeopardy. Oh. I know. Yeah.
0: Do we have to? I thought these were only if I won.
14: I I <laughs> admire that you showed up.
0: I didn't know I had to do this if I
14: lost. In some ways, this is the episode I'm looking forward to the most. Good. Because I want to know I can now know everything. Yeah. Um How did you guys watch this?
0: Oh, we just watched it at home.
15: Yeah. Was that dinner?
0: We just had dinner and watched it. At a lovely meal. We had both seen it before. We were both there. So
15: um, Katie had a good point while watching it last night. She goes, "Um, athletes don't have to watch the game replayed back to them. I bet some guys do. For the
0: first time. No, I'm just saying like like sports are live for
14: a reason. This is what I was tickled by while also being very
15: bummed. Spoiler alert. You
0: don't have to pretend.
15: The closest I've ever came to being a boxer's wife the next day. I think I've made that analogy with this before, but it truly felt like I was in a gown and I had a diamond necklace on and the love of my life was bleeding out of every orifice. <laughs> Like It just felt <laughs> like I was like just sitting there with like velvet gloves on being like, are you okay, baby? <laughs> but it was fun watching it. I was in the audience for it and I didn't remember a lot of it. I right. I was neither. so Just locked I remember in.
0: the least about.
14: So we, we should, as we always do, recap for people I who lost. missed.
15: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't win. I lost the whole, I came in third. I full lost the final.
15: But this isn't something she's going to say, because this isn't something that Katie does. What? Katie was very sick. Very sick when she recorded that. Mm. And that's not an excuse. I'm just letting you know. But it's like when an, a hockey player reveals, I've had broken a broken rib the broken whole time. I had a
0: punctured lung.
15: She, I got her sick. <laughs> I was very sick. Um, I had a really bad head cold. And then uh, I went back on the road, and Katie was like, I th- think the day I went to Phoenix, you were like, I'm starting to feel like it And I was like, we knew. We knew the finals were Sunday.
0: And the first taping day of, of Jeopardy, so the, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, I had COVID that I got rid of just in time to fly. I was afraid that COVID was going to keep me from doing Jeopardy. And I got, I used that Paxlovid and got rid of it in like four days and then had an extra day to get healthy and then flew. So this time I was sick again and I was like, no, no and um, it did not clear up quick. It was not COVID and when it did not
15: clear was, up quick. It, There was a nasty cold going around. Really when was this? It, uh, November.
0: After Spider-Man. Right after you Spider-Man. You guys came have out. been sitting on this yeah. for that long?
15: Yeah. Yeah. She. And by the way, they did cut the Spider-Man thing, which made me mad. Yeah. Because it was great.
0: And It was just, they make you, t- you do a lot of the interview stuff in between, you know, the like, Katie, you're playing for this charity. And but
15: you legitimately had to think because not only was she sick, but her thumb was hurt. She had yeah. hurt because... So,
0: I, so, Spider, this is kind of out of order, but Spider, ow, Spider-Man 2 had come out. Um, Katie,
14: battling technology will be a theme of today's episode.
0: Spider-Man 2 had come out uh, on PlayStation and I played it too. So they had asked me about how I prepped and I was like, look, I've been spending my weekends prepping, like memorizing the capitals and countries and stuff. But this last weekend, I let myself take the weekend off and relax. And I just played a video game I'd been really waiting to play for Way too long. I should. I sh- played it for like a day straight.
15: And, and then- to the and it's funny is I was I was very excited for Spider Man Two to come out. Same, pre ordered it obviously. And, all this stuff. and I told Katie she didn't play the she played the first Spider Man. She was like it's hadn't all right. It you had you had played the time it. I hadn't so played she yet. was like I was I was trying to tell her when, in a down period of her not having a game. I was like you should try Spider Man. It's f- and awesome and we live in Manhattan now you oh, can try to no, find yeah, 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 yeah. you can find yourself do. you can, you can, <laughs> who doesn't it, look for the Grand Theft Auto 4 I immediately went to the beer garden in Astoria and found where my apartment is by was. the way these are my two favorite games <laughs> oh, of
14: really? all time number three is Red Dead Redemption 2 as
15: yes, Katie and I I have just watched. started replaying it love it but, love the Arthur Morgan story okay but so yes. oh, I
0: played the game too much but
15: she got into it in a way where like I was on the road and the game came through and she was like I need a video game and then she texted me and she wrote I got Spider-Man 2 I don't want to play it, though, because you were so excited to play it. And I go, no, you should play it. And when I say that she started playing it, she dove in, and by the time I got home from the road, this was like oh, a couple of weeks before, she was already 50% of the way through the game. Which like, is insane. She played I really the sh- play out of this game.
0: It, but so I realized, uh, that I played it so much that I injured myself. My thumb was red and swollen and throbbing, and I realized that I was potentially had injured myself Before my Jeopardy final, so like my buzzer thumb was not working.
15: Appendage that mattered. It was like in a sitcom where. (laughs) (laughs) For
14: for, uh, the podcast audience, you can go see YouTube and DraftKings (laughs) Network. (laughs) Katie Nolan's objectively, not an excuse, actually swollen stuff.
15: What's so funny is it really was like a sitcom, you know, when someone wakes up and there's like a big event in the episode and they go like, oh, no, my eyebrows are blonde. And like the whole point of the episode is them hiding (laughs) it. That was Katie when she woke up. She was like, my thumb. And then I brought back the nastiest head cold either one of us has had in 10 years. Mm -hmm, Gave it to her because I love her.
0: So sweet.
15: So sweet. And the Friday before Jeopardy. She was like, I'm feeling like s***. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're all right. You're all
14: oh, right. Now, now you're now it, you're a cut man. Yeah, no, it,
0: no, no, no. You're good. Everything's fine. You're fine. You're just you, like come to on, champ. Sleep. You still got a champ. Get some sleep.
15: And she, we, she flew out to L.A.
0: Which I do not recommend flying across the country at this time, culturally, with a cough.
14: I just want everybody to know that what is the most real version of Katie Nolan is the version that you can sense who really wanted to f***ing win yeah, this. Yeah, of course I did. And that's why when I was watching, I was f-ing nervous. I know. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I knew, I felt how much knowing you, you wanted, uh-huh. and I would dare say deserved. Well, she shows. put in the work.
0: Thank you,
15: Papa Learned every country. The fact that
14: Learned you... Learned
15: every capital. <laughs> <You> see, <laughs> Katie, Katie would come by,
14: and I'd be like, so, like, what are you doing? And And, and she was like memorizing all of geography.
0: Mm-hmm. I know where things are now. That's pretty That's cool good. to me. Bulgaria. The capital, yeah. Sofia.
14: Jesus, she's good.
0: The main, the original main goal was I don't want to look stupid. And I don't think I did. So I'm proud of that.
14: So for people who miss the first two parts of this trilogy, one of the great trilogies in in, <laughs> in fight history. Of course. Ali Frazier, uh, Katie Nolan versus Christopher Maloney in which she makes an arch nemesis out of Detective Stabler. Mm-hmm. A, life, a life enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, and then follows it up by getting into another blood feud and defeating Steven Weber from Wings.
15: Who turned into a fan.
14: Yeah, has been in our Instagram comments.
0: Yeah, he sent me a message and asked me if I won, but he sent it on on Monday or like Tuesday morning, and I was like, I can't say. And So I didn't answer, but now I got, I have to remember to respond to him.
14: I do now think, though, of Steven Weber maybe watching this episode and seeing... The photo of Katie Nolan's thumb, and thinking to himself, "I did that." Turn turnabout really is fair play. Yeah. It
15: really <laughs> is. It, me. it was like when um, when Fraser used to say mean stuff about Ollie getting Parkinson's, where he's like, "I did that," and you're like, "Damn, that really is a rivalry." When someone's <laughs> injured later, and he goes,
14: "I'm the cause That's of me. that pain." Yeah. Katie Nolan had grabbed Stephen Weber's thumb and held it like a hunting trophy in front of all of America, like, well, a, predator, like a predator, like predator, truly.
0: <laughs> said it was a god thumb, so I just wanted it to get the.
14: She
15: did
0: the, deserved. <laughs> <laughs> With yes.
15: the spine of, <laughs> uh, of Stephen Weber above her in a tree, so no one will
14: ever take that away from you. That's right. But I want to set the scene because you guys are at home. You guys know what happens. You guys are watching the Stone Cold Sober. Mm-hmm. You guys are yeah,
15: sure.
0: Yeah, stoned, <laughs> cold, soap.
14: <laughs> oh, there
15: you go. I didn't realize it was, the wordplay
14: was there. And so you press play and you guys are... watching press wa- play, watch it live. What, what are you guys watching for as Katie Nolan's face appears right next to Lisa Ann Walter from The Parent Trap in Abbott Elementary and Mo Rocca from CBS This Morning and The Daily Show and uh, yeah, other things that involve guys wearing bow ties. Mm. Um, y- bow tie enthusiast. Your mentality is what?
0: Watching it? Yeah. Um, I mainly wanted to remember because I didn't remember anything. I remembered there was one block, so between a commercial and a commercial, where I got like nothing. Where all the questions, I remember going, what are these? I don't know any of these. Where I just felt like they were speaking a different language. And then I think I got one right at the before the commercial, like right at the end. And then was like, Jesus.
15: But what's crazy is watching... Obviously we we're all witnesses, you know, that's what <laughs> that's what it is. but when she was taping, it was it's interesting to watch somebody re-watch it and kind of know what happened, but not in what order. Cause we were like she's saying, she knew there was a block, and there was a block, but she was watching and she was like, I think this is the block where I don't get anything right. And then it cuts to the primary coverage. Like that okay. <laughs> two questions in, David Murr's up in our
6: Good evening. We're coming back on the air because ABC News is now projecting that Donald Trump will win the New Hampshire Republican primary based on our analysis. I remember watching this. How do we say his name? David
0: Muir. He's been around for so long and I still am like,
14: (laughs) I remember taking my remote control because they cut in with breaking news coverage Uh. of the uh, New Hampshire.
15: Now, if you're watching live Primaries. primaries. Katie got a notification that up in Boston they had cut a little earlier. So she was like, oh, sh- they cut to primaries. And I was like, no, no, they haven't cut here, so maybe we're safe. And then two minutes later, they cut, and we're like, is this it? Is the episode done? Is this it was about-
14: the Heidi game of Celebrity Jeopardy?
15: Yeah, it was about to go— f- It was. It was— during commercial break, so we knew when it came back, it was going to go to Katie, who she's playing for, kind of a little, right. you know, banter with Ken. But before that, in that block where she thought she missed anything, she actually did f-ing awesome in the first block. I don't remember her doing as well, and did she you know, doesn't remember I was, either I was, doing I was like, as oh, well.
0: I was actually doing okay. And at one point,
15: I'm like, uh, at the couch, <laughs> like i had never seen it, I was like, look at that. Look at, look at you, should- scientist.
1: Stu out here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using SimpliSafe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with SimpliSafe variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. SimpliSafe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new SimpliSafe system with fast-protect